What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we got some blood sport to talk. We're talking MMA today, UFC Fight Night, and uh, PFL 4, or PFL 5, I don't know. There, It was the second round of their uh, regular season for the light heavyweights and the lightweights, so oof. I've had a beer already, as you can tell. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it, break down what happened, what you missed this past weekend, because there were some banger fights on this, some exciting finishes. Today's beer, Nectar of the Gods, Bush Latte. Mm-mm-mm. 10 out of 10, baby. 10 out of 10. All right. But yeah, we'll go ahead and start off with UFC Fight Night. Um backtrack a little bit before we start off with that we got a new light heavyweight champion that i missed uh in my sabbatical my absence yuri prohaska defeats glover Teixeira last weekend in a absolute war not the most technical fight but these guys went at it they were beating the shit out of each other prohaska was losing the fight until he pulls out the submission in round five with about 30 seconds left so he gets the gets the victory gets the belt the first champion from the czech republic so he's your new UFC light heavyweight champion. And then, um, yeah, so we'll go ahead and jump into UFC fight night, though. It was Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett. And this entire card from top to bottom, prelims to the main card, it was fucking amazing. Um, we had knockout after knockout. We had, a, I think, one, maybe two submissions in there. I don't know. It was, it was fucking amazing. Um, first fight of the night, or... First knockout of the night, at least. We had uh, Roman Delizze. He took on Chris... Yeah, Chris Dawkus and... Um, or Kyle Dawkus, sorry. Both of them fight in the UFC. I'm tripping over my words. But, fight doesn't last long. About a minute in, they're in the clinch. Uh, Delizze lands a nasty knee straight to uh, Dawkus's face in kind of a standing position. And, um, yeah... It's the knockout there. It was it was vicious. Fucked him up. Dawkins was down and took some ground and pound, but he was already out before that. So hell hell of a knockout by Delizze. And then to follow that up, the very next fight we had Phil Hawes. He took on Darren Wynn, and uh, Hawes was just piecing Wynn apart. I mean, hitting him at will. His jab was working. He would come in with these short elbows that were just laying. Then any time that it got close range, Hawes was cracking him with elbows. Uh, fucked up, fucked up Wynn's face, and by round two, Wynn was out of out of breath. He was out of will, getting fucked up. Um, and Hawes stops it with a standing knockout or standing TKO. The ref steps in because he just saw enough damage. Hawes was pouring it on Wynn. He just outclassed him. And then after the fight, he got in quite the verbal spat with uh, the commentator Daniel Cormier, saying, "You picked the wrong pony in this one." because I guess Cormier picked win for the win. Um, and they went at it. Cormier said, you didn't beat me. I don't disrespect you. Don't disrespect me. And Herb Dean actually ended up having to step in and kind of separate the two. It was, I thought I thought they might throw down. They were going at it. But, yeah, so Hawes gets the knockout in round two right after Delizze, uh opens the show with the knockout. And then after that, we had Eddie Wineland. He took on Corey Stamen. Um, this fight didn't last long either. Stamen rocked Wineland with a hard punch and then follows it up with a nasty flurry. Finishes it at 59 seconds in round one. Not a lot to say about that, but Stamen looked amazing. And Eddie Wineland, he's 
he used to be WEC champ way back before they were part of the UFC. So he's been fighting forever. He finally retired after this one. He's fought everybody. He's done everything he can. It's it's just that time. The chin's gone. And then after that, Ricardo Ramos, he gets a sick, I mean, absolutely filthy spinning elbow on Danny Chavez. Um, round one. This is his second spinning elbow knockout, spinning back elbow knockout that he has in the UFC, and there's only five in UFC history. He's got two of them. Dude's a monster, and I mean, it was it was a beautiful sight to see. Faked one way, came back with the spinning elbow, just catches him perfectly on the chin. KO. After that fight, believe it or not, we had another fucking knockout. Jeremiah Wells landed a huge left hook on Court McGee. He was jumping in. He missed his jab. He missed his right hand. Follows it up with the left hook as he as McGee's trying to exit and just sleeps him. I mean, he was out cold. He follows it up with some ground and pound, but McGee was stiff before he hit the ground. I don't think McGee's ever been stopped or at least knocked out, so that was pretty impressive. And Jeremiah Wells is on a five-fight finish streak right now. And that's just the fucking prelims, baby. That's just the prelims. We had fucking four or five five knockouts on the prelims. We had the main card. Goodness. We had the main card open up with Adrian Adrian Yanez. He took on Tony Kelly. Kelly was in some hot water because he called uh, Brazilians dirty Brazilians while he was cornering um, his wife or his girlfriend in her last fight. Yanez... I don't know what his nationality or ethnicity is, but he goes out there and just offensive onslaught. He's picking Kelly apart. Kelly's landing some good shots here and there, but he starts getting caught and caught bad. And uh, Adrian Yanez, he drops him. Kelly starts to come back to his feet. He starts landing some vicious shots. And then once Kelly looks like he's about to get his balance, big shot while he's still kind of on the ground, puts him out. Um, and then after the knockout, Yanez flips him the double bird. He said Tony Kelly was talking shit in that fight. If you come to Texas, you fight a Texan, you're getting knocked the fuck out, is what he said. So, I mean, he fucked him up. It was a fun, fun fight while it lasted, but that ended in round one. After that, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez. He took on uh, Gregory Rodriguez. I love Marquez, but this was not his night. Um, Rodriguez was landing some bombs i mean everything he landed looked like he was moving marquez back moving him to the side whichever way he wanted to um and he was rocking him left and right i mean marquez was on wobbly legs from the start of it and then um marquez he's really rocked at one point looked like he was out on his feet he starts swinging back kind of catches uh kind of catches rodriguez a little bit then rodriguez gets back to range he uh he lands a combo not 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 much happens they get back to range again, fucking straight punch. Or actually, I think it was a left hook, but it just, it floored him, slept him. He was out. So that's, what, seven knockouts, and there were nine fights up to this point. We're just not, we're not going to go over the decision victories right at this moment. That burp. That burp was a six. That was a good one. All right, and then we had Joaquin Buckley. Uh, he took on, uh, I forget the guy's first name, but it was Duraev. They used to be training partners. You might remember Joaquin Buckley. He's got the spinning mule kick knockout over Impa Kasaganai. 
Um, it went viral, probably the most viral knockout in UFC history. And then, uh, yeah, Duraev, he used to be his training partner. He thought it was going to be an easy fight for him. Buckley goes out there, and he's just piecing him up with straight punches, fucking him up, rocking him, doing a lot of damage to Duraev's face. I mean, at, by the end of the second round, Duraev's eye was completely swollen shut. Big bubble over it just from the swelling. He couldn't see a thing. I mean, it was just it, it was nasty looking. They called the doctor in after the second round. Doctor says he can't see. Stop the fight. It's over. That's all she wrote. Joaquin Buckley gets the doctor stoppage, TKO victory, and he was going to win it anyways. He was fucking him up and had him blinded pretty much. And then in the co-main event, uh, Kevin Holland and Tim Means, they step up because Joe Lauzon and Donald Cerrone got called off again. This time Lauzon had an injury. Um, his knee locked up right after weigh-ins and couldn't move it. Don't know what happened, but that fight, second time it's gotten canceled the day of the fight. It's crazy. Bad luck. Hope it hope it happens. But yeah, Kevin Holland steps up and he's fighting Tim Means. Um, this fight was fun. Means was competitive in it. He's catching Holland a little bit, trying to work the clinch. Holland's catching him from the outside more. Dude's got 81-inch reach, and it's the most in the 170-pound division and welterweight in the UFC right now. He's looked amazing since he's moved down. He's so fast with his kickboxing and his boxing in general. And round one, yeah, it was competitive. They're going back and forth. Holland's getting the better of him, landing more strikes, better strikes, better shots. Um, round two, they come out. And Holland's kind of picking him apart a little bit. He catches him nasty shots, kind of rocks Means. Means looks wobbled. And normally Kevin Holland, he's getting that knockout. He's going in there for the knockout. Instead, he goes in, lands the Darce choke, puts him out. Well, Tim Means taps out, but he gets the submission victory. Kevin Holland says he wants Sean Brady next, a wrestler. He's had trouble with wrestlers in the past, but he says he's fixed it. And what's crazy about this, Kevin Holland, he's Batman. He saved a guy from a burning truck. He stopped a, uh, he stopped a, what was it, a arm shooter, uh, yeah, an arm shooter situation where uh, the guy was trying to shoot up a club or a restaurant or something. He's done, oh, he stopped a car thief and held him down until the cops got there. Right before the fight or hours before, he stopped a perfume thief in a store. He, uh, he stopped him from, he's, whatever he did, he subdued the guy stops it so he is batman and he's just he's out there doing good things he's going for that ufc gold he says he's going to get there soon it was he's fun man kevin holland is fun he talks he's just he he's that dude he's got 18 fights in like three or four years in the ufc so he's active i mean and dude doesn't fight boring All right, and then moving on to our main event of the UFC fights, we had Calvin Cater. He took on Josh Emmett, uh, number seven Emmett for Cater. Um, this fight it was super competitive. We had um, Emmett and Emmett and Cater. First two rounds were razor thin. I thought Emmett he's landing harder punches, heavier strikes, whereas Cater's landing a lot more. He's sticking his jab and moving, trying to work those combos, but not putting his all into him. So those two rounds really could have gone either way. Round three was all Emmett, though. He's landing some bombs, rocking Cater around the octagon. Um, and that kind of woke Cater up because in rounds four and five, he's doing a lot better of piecing 
piecing Emmett up, staying on his bike, moving, sticking that jab, pushing it out there. Both their faces were pretty fucked up. Goes to the judges' scorecards after five rounds, though. Um, judges scored at 48-47, 48-47, and 47-48 for the winner, Josh Emmett, by split decision. Again, razor close fight. You can't call it a robbery because it was just so close. But that's what we have for the UFC fights from this past weekend. And, I mean, you can you can watch any of these fights. You're going to enjoy the knockouts. They weren't some boring knockouts where the ref stepped in a little too soon or nothing. No, a lot of these people were getting slept. Moving on, we also had some PFL action this past weekend on Friday. Um, light heavyweights and lightweights went at it to clinch their spots in the PFL playoffs. So, um, light heavyweight, we'll start off with that. We had Josh Silvera. He gets a TKO over last year's runner-up in uh, Martin Hamlet in round one. So, that gets him a quick six points. Unfortunately, it was not enough for him to get a spot in the playoffs because he didn't fight in the first round. So, he's been eliminated. Hamlet's eliminated because they didn't get enough points. Um, Omari Akhmedov, he secures his number two seed with a round two. Let me make sure. Yeah, it was a round two submission. Um, I forget the guy's name. He's from Lithuania, though, and it was an arm triangle. Puts him all the way out. And 11 points total. He got five from this one, six from his last first round finish. So he's he's the number two seed now. Antonio Carlos Jr., he's the defending champ. He gets a unanimous decision victory in his bout. That puts him, uh, gives him three points, puts him up to nine. So he's the number three seed. And then we had, uh, let's see, oh, Delon Monte. He took on Emiliano Sordi. He was a champion, I believe, in 2018 and 2019. He gets the first round knockout 90 seconds in over Sordi. So uh, he secures the number four seed with that. The reason that his six points were more valuable than Silvera's six points is just because he got the knockout sooner in the fight. So. He gets, he gets the nod. He gets into the playoffs. And then Rob Wilkinson, he gets the number one seed. He gets a round one finish um, to knock out, I believe it was. But, yeah, he secures the number one seed at light heavyweight. And then at lightweight, we had former UFC fighter Jeremy Lowheathen Stevens. He gets a split decision with three points in his bout over Miles Price, but it wasn't enough to secure any playoff position. Um, we had Olivia Aubin Mercer. He just uh, defeated former champion um, Natan Schultz, former two-time champion Natan Schultz, and he took on the defending champ, Roush Manfio. Wins a pretty one-sided uh, unanimous decision, so he gets three more points, three points from his first round. That gets him the number two seed in the lightweight division. And Manfio, he had four points from his first fight. He didn't get any this one, but the four points was enough to get him the number four seed. So they're both moving on to the playoffs. Um, they might see each other in the championship. Who knows? And then Alexander Martinez, he defeats Clay Collard in a razor-thin split decision. Um, he gets three points and the number three seed with that because he, oh, he had a victory in his first fight. So he has to, a total of six points, the number three seed there. And then Anthony Pettis, he didn't even fight on this card. He's fighting June 24th, so this upcoming week. But he's already secured the number one seed with his first-round finish in his first fight with the uh, triangle choke of Miles Price. So lightweight division has been set for the playoffs. We're going to be seeing Roush Manfio taking on Anthony Pettis. And then Olivier Aubin Mercer, he's taking on Alexander Martinez. And then um, at the light heavyweight division, 
we'll be seeing Rob Wilkinson. He's taking on Delon Monte and Omari Akhmadov. He'll be fighting Antonio Carlos Jr. So that's going to be happening, I think, in August or early September. It's going to be a fun one. Um, I can't wait for that. That's the playoffs for PFL, baby. They're set. We're going to be seeing a champion soon. And the champ gets a million bucks. It's super fun. Super fun format that they got there. All right, and then we'll wrap things up with some big moves UFC's making at the Bantamweight division. Um, huge fights coming up the next couple months, really. We got Sean O'Malley taking on Pedro Munoz. Um, two guys, top 15, working their way to a title shot. Munoz is on a bit of a skid, but he's only fought top dogs. O'Malley, this is a huge step up in competition. He was fighting kind of trash cans before, um, other than Cheeto Vera. But we'll have to see how, he, how it turns out for him. It's going to be an exciting fight. That's July 2nd. July 16th, we have Ricky Simon taking on Jack Shore. Both, uh, I, I'm not sure if Simon's top 15, but I know Shore is, and exciting fighters. Both can do it all. We'll have to see what happens there. A lot of implications to see who's going to be keep, keep pushing for that bantamweight strap. August 13th, we got former champion Dominic Cruz taking on Marlon Cheeto Vera, two top five guys. Um or top 10 at least, that's going to be a banger as well. August 20th, lightweight goat, or featherweight goat, Jose Aldo. He's taking on uh, up-and-comer Marab Divashili. This is probably a number one contender fight. Winner is going to fight the winner of the next fight we're going to discuss, which hasn't got a date yet, but it's TJ Dillashaw versus champion Aljamain Sterling for the Bantamweight belt. And then another fight that doesn't have a date yet, but it's uh, being discussed, is Corey Sandhagen. The Sandman. He's taking on Song Yadong. They don't have a date for it yet, but they're talking September. That's going to be a fucking banger. Two strikers, two knockout artists. I'll have to see where it goes, how it goes. But I can't fucking wait. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Matt with Blood and Beer. Sorry for the wait on this episode. Sorry for not being there last week, but I appreciate you tuning in and everybody that tunes in each and every week. Have a good one.